Hi, this is Frank Maine. Just a quick heads up before we begin. This episode contains the sounds of a real-life shooting and a lot of profanity, including frequent use of the N-word. It's been over four years since Thaddeus Jimenez was gangbanging on the west side of Chicago. We wanted to see if anyone out there remembered him. We're on a stretch of Chicago Avenue that's been fought over by some powerful gangs. They just call it the Avenue. Can I talk to these guys? Sure. We drove up to some guys hanging out on the corner. They thought my producer and I were cops. Hey there. What up? We're, jur- we're journalists. Yeah. yeah. Radio. We're doing something. Do you know TJ? You ever hear of TJ? These guys belong to a local gang, and they remember TJ well. Yeah. Them niggas is not from around here. Hey, look. Chicago Avenue did not from That was some young, dumb motherfuckers. They, man, they, they manipulated the youth and, and brainwashed them. So they not from up here. They manipulated some youth, like 16, 17 years old. From the people that stayed in the neighborhood. But the people in the neighborhood went for that. None of that. They're talking about the young men from the neighborhood who flipped to TJ's gang, getting Simon City Royals tattoos on their faces. I asked what would happen nowadays if these guys on the corner ran into those kids that flipped to the Royals. Yeah. If you come by here with the R on your face now, what would that do? We're going to beat his ass. Yeah, they still I don't know about dying or nothing, but we're going to beat his ass until he down there dying. They gon' die. They gon' die. That's why they ain't around no more. Them bitches just stink. They stink. Them bitches just stink. The money gone. You know how it go. You know how it go. I asked these guys how they would sum TJ up. A weak-minded, childish-ass kid. Fuck TJ. The city of Chicago shelled out $25 million to Thaddeus Jimenez. Granted, after the lawyers got paid, he took home about half of that. Once TJ had the money in his pocket, the new multimillionaire could have done anything he wanted. He was generous, giving away thousands of dollars to homeless people and buying gifts for his family. But he also chose to buy a fleet of expensive cars, build up his crew, and flip kids and rival territory on the west side of Chicago, kicking off a violent gang war. Some men just want to watch the world burn. From WBZ Chicago, I'm Frank Maine, and this is Motive. Batman on the West Side. I wanted to retrace TJ's steps in a poor, predominantly African-American neighborhood where he spent several years. This is a place where he could have done some good things with his money. Instead, he created chaos. I'm about four miles west of downtown, near the intersection of Holman Avenue and Chicago Avenue. As a crime reporter, I used to be out here a lot, sometimes every night. I talked to gang members at war with each other. I rode around with homicide detectives. There's an old Sears warehouse nearby where the police store seized narcotics, guns, and money. It's where the police hold press conferences after big drug raids. Gangs sell drugs out in the open around here with a steady supply of customers, thanks to the nearby Eisenhower Expressway. People of all races, colors, creeds, ages jump off the highway to get their heroin fix in one of these open-air drug markets, which we'll see, like right over there. And 
that is the neighborhood where TJ was operating. I spot a police officer sitting in his parked car on a block nearby. You go by and talk to him. Hello, officer. How are you? Good. What's up? What's this block like these days? It's a fixed post. The officer says he's on a fixed post, meaning there's a cop just sitting in a squad car in this block every single day. I ask the officer what he thinks of me approaching some guys down the street. If we went down there, would they talk to us? They're not going to jump us or anything. I doubt it. None of them are going to be armed right there. Yeah. All right. Well, we may bop down there. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah, good luck with the okay? What the fuck? They just all took off. Where'd they, where'd they go? The guys on the corner disappeared. I'm guessing it's because they saw me talking to the cop. I drive a couple blocks over. What up? How you doing? Good. You guys uh, have a second to talk? Oh, we good. You good? We enjoying this nice weather, man. We're doing a story on that guy TJ Jimenez. Remember him? What about him? Well, I heard about it. You want to talk about it? We're trying to get somebody to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Right around the neighborhood, you probably find somebody. I noticed a man parked in a car nearby. I think he was waiting for me to leave so he could score some drugs. I bet that's why these guys didn't want to talk to me. The three, two, multiple shots fired somewhere in the vicinity of Huron and home at like 10, 15 shots, squad still going. The next morning, on that same corner, two men got out of a car and shot 30 rounds at four people. 11, uh, 21, it's a bonafide shooting. Two 19-year-olds were killed. For those who are not from where we're from and who don't come up under the same set of circumstances, you would never, ever understand. You know what I'm saying? You would never, ever understand. You might remember this guy from the first episode. His name is Reese. He asked that I not use his last name. Reese was a gang member on the west side for a long time. He's out of that life now, but it's left a lot of scars. I got shot in my hand. I shot in my, my leg here, my arm here, my arm here, and in my back right here. It hurts. And I'm not just talking about physically. I mean mentally, emotionally, psychologically. It set my soul on fire. Do you feel like you're lucky to have made your 30s? I didn't expect to make it until I was 21. This area has historically seen a lot of shootings. But Reese says that what TJ and his crew did around here set it on fire. They're still public enemy number one. To this day? To this day. Yeah, because people don't forget what you did. You came over here and kicked off an entire war. Once people realized that they were trying to make a takeover, now you got guys coming in armies and battalions going against them. They went up against everybody, all gangs on all four sides of them. You know what I'm saying? We drove around some more looking for guys who might be able to talk about TJ. Some of them made it clear they wanted nothing to do with us. We asked one guy, he said, Oh yeah, Cubs fan, right? I took that to mean TJ was just a white dude from the wrong part of town. A friend of his shouted, You got what you need, move on. Then we found these guys. They, they tried to take from home into 
St. Louis and Chicago Avenue. But they not from around here. We from around here. Yeah. They asked with some 17 years. They were some 17 years. This is Sea Dog, T Money, Smitty, and Willie T. Willie T is the guy doing most of the talking. They're four young African American guys who work on the avenue. They're in a gang called the Traveling Vice Lords, or Travelers for short. We travelers. We TVLs. We right. other motherfuckers thinking we, we Roy's. We not those damn. We travelers. These TVLs look at the Simon City Royals as a white gang. They saw TJ as a white guy who pitted black people against each other for his own amusement, and it really pissed them off. Simon City Royal, you, that's like the Ku Klux Klan, man. No disrespect, man. They don't like black people. People in Chicago are territorial, just like the gangs. What neighborhood you're from matters. Now, the Simon City Royals are from the north side. TJ grew up on the north side. So how did he end up gangbanging on the west side? Well, it all started with a girl. I know that girl's name, but I'd rather not say it in case of some sort of retaliation. So I'm going to bleep it out. So did you hear? I heard that the, uh, the way he got involved in the neighborhood is he, he was with a girl named... <laughs> no, damn. Oh, damn. I don't know all this though, man. I don't know all this. That's why I'm going to go. Man. She's still around? No, she can't even come around, bro. Why can't she come around? What you mean? Because she brought that poison in the neighborhood. That's the young lady I was talking about. Man, it was a beautiful young lady. Reese again. She is some kin to the Rockwell boys. She's related to them. So this is how TJ got to the west side and met his future crew. TJ's new girlfriend is related to a group of guys who Reese calls the Rockwell Boys. That refers to where these guys were originally from, Rockwell Gardens, a large public housing complex that was torn down by the city. Reese says these young transplants, the Rockwell Boys, were violent. I actually lost a friend from one of those little young guys. I was sitting in my car when it happened, and my, my guy, he smacked them. They walked right up and they shot him. You know what I'm saying? Shot him right in his face, knocked his head off. And that's when I got a chance to see all of them together. They were the family of young boys. Through his new girlfriend, TJ and his millions enter the scene. And the outsider to the neighborhood clicked up with these other outsiders. When he started dating him, they started coming around a lot more. By him having all that money, they pretty much got close. This group of young men were in the traveling vice lords. But after meeting TJ, that changed. Some of them stayed TVLs, and some of them actually flipped Royals. That's a no-no. You, you get, that's frowned upon. you part of one organization, you stay the organization, or you, you detach yourself from it altogether. That's, that's a no-no. I can't emphasize this enough. Flipping from one gang to another is almost unheard of in Chicago. But that's what happened when TJ came along. Then TJ and his new recruits announced themselves to the world on social media. And it, and it happened so fast because now you got YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and the whole world get a chance to know who these people are. Gangs in Chicago use YouTube and social media channels to taunt rivals and promote themselves. Just the year after TJ was awarded the money, he's appearing in videos on Facebook and YouTube. And he's got a new alter ego. Yeah, y'all know who this is, nigga. It's Batman, nigga. Diversity and Lemmy, Almighty, Simon City Road, nigga. We four corner hustler killer. TJ is That's calling TV himself killer. Batman. Killer, nigga. Cobra killer, King killer, Stone killer, everything killer, nigga. We rose, nigga. Find out who I am, bitch. Cut that shit. The videos are mostly of Batman driving around the west side, absolutely blasting the bass, 
with some younger guys in the back seat. Bro, motherfucking love, bitch. TJ uploaded his YouTube videos under the name Bruce Wayne. In TJ's mind, he probably thought he was like Bruce Wayne, a multimillionaire with expensive toys, driving around Gotham at night as Batman. Police say TJ would hang out with his crew members at a strip mall on Friday nights. The gatherings were called paydays. TJ'd shower the guys with new shoes, clothes, and drinks. The police heard that TJ paid thousands of dollars to those young guys to flip and even tattoo their faces with Royals emblems. They also heard that TJ's new crew was passing out cash to kids at a Westside high school. The Royals insignia was supposedly scrawled on the money. Batman, bitch. It's my motherfucker hood now, bitch. Gangs on the West Side will tell you they're mostly interested in selling drugs and making money. But the police say TJ didn't care about any of that. All he wanted to do was gangbang, meaning going to war with rival gangs. Whose motherfucker hood is this? Reese again. He was in it for the glory. He wasn't in it for the drug. He 20-something million dollars. What could you do with 20-something million dollars, man? Instead, you came out here and started hatred. Wars. We just, we just trying to feed our family, man. About the money. We just trying to feed our family, man. We got kids, you know. Besides the fact that TJ was enlisting guys from their gang, the TVLs on the corner didn't like this white guy coming into their neighborhood and treating it like his own personal playground. And why even do it? He doesn't need money. He's not making money. He doesn't have to be there. It created a lot of resentment. When, when he came around, that's when the shit really started escalating. If you like them group of guys that you brainwashed that much, why not take their ass to your neighborhood? Don't come have them come and do shit over here. In their neighborhood. Feel me? So motherfuckers feel disrespected, and that's how all that shit escalated then. Feel me? With all that tension simmering on Chicago Avenue, TJ's crew found another way to promote themselves. Music. Reese again. The new music scene played a big part in it, too. By the time it really, the scene really started, the young guys really started getting into making music on the west side of Chicago is around the time TJ came around. This nigga sneak this, I don't give him no pass. Knock his ass out, concrete on his ass. This is one of the young rappers who clicked up with TJ and the Royals. Here he is on a YouTube channel called Chicago Street Idol. And I have with me today Oskino, a.k.a. The Dunn. So uh, tell me, why should people vote for you? Because I'm Oskino The Dunn, plus I'm off the avenue. Fuck with me. Right here on Trumbull in Chicago Avenue. The words are here. whose real name is Owen Spears, flipped to the Simon City Royals and created this anthem for the gang. You niggas ain't nothing like way. What the fuck else can we say? This is a video of dozens of young men and women in a club shouting the lyrics to Skino's Royals anthem. Reese says all of this only increased the appeal of the Royals. They're doing something that every other young guy out here is trying to get in there made it happen overnight it gets their message out tj uploaded this video from the club on his bruce wayne youtube channel 
It included a credit to something called Blue Crown Entertainment, an apparent Royals reference. I don't know for sure if TJ spent any money on studio sessions, but it seems he thought of himself as sort of a hip-hop mogul. TJ just said, it's a fucking movement. TJ seemed to love his new anthem. In this video, he's driving around with the song blaring on the speakers. TJ is in his old Northside neighborhood, near the intersection of Albany and School. That's where the Royals were based when he was growing up. It's also a couple blocks from where the honey-baked ham was, where Eric Morrow was killed. TJ appears to be by himself in his car. This video was uploaded on October 7, 2014. Just three weeks later, the rapper who made this Royals anthem, Eskino, was shot and killed. No one has been charged with the murder, but my sources said he was shot by the vice lords to warn TJ and his crew to get out of the neighborhood. Owen Eskino Spears was 22 years old. TJ's mom, Vicky, said her son called her out of the blue and asked her how to send flowers to the funeral home. Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times, you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so... No one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown. DJ wasn't exceptionally close to too many people. And we've always been close. I mean, they've always looked at him like my little brother. And I got nothing but love for TJ. Donnie Ballard is TJ's brother-in-law. And he was one of the closest people to TJ during this period when TJ was creating havoc with millions of dollars on the west side. Donnie has some things to say. Somebody needs to speak up for him. Somebody needs to speak the truth. And that's the only reason I'm doing this interview is because someone needs to speak up on TJ's behalf. So here's Donnie's version of how TJ got to the West Side. Well, TJ was, you know, seeing this girl on the West Side, and this group of guys, obviously, they're seeing TJ come through on a regular basis. And he's either in a... Lamborghini Murcielago or a Lamborghini Spider or a Bentley or a big Hummer truck with sounds. You obviously, if you're from the West Side, you know, it's poverty driven. You're going to take quick notice to something like that. So they actually approached TJ. That's pretty similar to the version we heard from our West Siders, like Reese and the Traveling Vice Lords. 
But Donnie's emphasis is that this whole thing wasn't TJ's idea. They came to him. So TJ told them, look, you guys don't gangbang like we gangbang. We gangbang. Yeah, you guys don't get down like we do. And they pretty much told them, look, we'll get down with you. Whatever, whatever it takes, whatever we got to do, let's do it. But you know, people that do, people that do anything for money, basically. It's, it's the power of money. The word on the street and from the police was that TJ was directly paying people to flip. Here I'm talking to the traveling vice lords again. TJ gave you 10 grand, would you have taken it? Hell, hell no. no. Loyalty, man. Fuck we loyal you over here, man. I'm loyal to what I know, man. A thousand dollars ain't no damn money. Just like hell he said. No, ain't a no car t- ain't nothing. I'm yeah, used we'll to that take. shit. <laughs> we got that. Nigga ain't no motherfucking no roy. You get your bitch oh, ass yeah. on. Fuck out of here. Ain't no motherfucking flip. It's the biggest sin you could commit as a gang member. Flipping for money. That's what the police said TJ was doing. That's what I wrote in my articles for the Chicago Sun-Times. Donnie says that's not true. Another main issue I really wanted to clear up for everybody is TJ never, ever paid not one person to flip. 100% false. Never paid one person to do anything they didn't want to do. Donnie says these guys decided to flip on their own just because they liked hanging around TJ. Then they got showered with money and gifts. That's a pretty subtle distinction from a direct payment. But if you believe what Donnie says, it absolves TJ of committing one of the cardinal gang sins. Fuck with us again and try busting at us with that little ass shit, bitch. Find bigger guns if you want to try to get at us, nigga. The Chicago Police Department really started to watch TJ in 2014. The police kept getting reports of shots being fired on the west side from one of TJ's vehicles, a green Hummer, nicknamed the Tank. But no one was hit. King killer, cyborg killer, cobra killer, bitch. Raw love, no love, bitch. Then, on a warm 4th of July weekend, TJ went from being a curiosity to a public enemy. A 22-year-old was shot and paralyzed. The police had intel that TJ's crew was to blame. The violence kept escalating. The police say TJ's Westside crew killed a rival gang member that September. That set off a war. We went from 166 shootings in 2013 to over 213 shootings in 2014. Bob Tracy was in charge of crime strategy for the Chicago Police Department. Here he is talking about that Westside Police District. If you look at the murders in the 11th district from 2013 to 2014, they went from 35 to 51, almost over a 40% increase. Tracy attributes a lot of this to TJ. He was a big factor. Not all of it, but a good part of it. And those are years when we had historic lows citywide. My own reporting showed that at least 19 people were shot, four of them killed, in the long battle between TJ's crew and the rivals on the west side. When one west side royal got arrested with an illegal handgun, He complained to the cops, everybody's trying to kill me because I'm a royal. i got to protect myself. He later went to federal prison for having an illegal AK-47. Another royal got busted for robbing a Westside convenience store on the avenue with a submachine gun. Yet another member of TJ's crew got locked up for a triple shooting. That guy's prison photo shows a royal's tattoo on his face. All of this rising violence on the west side is because of this guy, because he got a bunch of money. It's easy for CPD to say that. And it's very easy for people to believe that. 
That's not what happened. Donnie Ballard. I'm sure TJ didn't say, hey, here's this gun. Go and kill this guy. No, he's not the type of person. Donnie admits that there was a conflict between TJ's crew and the West Side gangs. But he says the neighborhood violence would have happened with or without his brother-in-law. No, come on, let's be honest. Uh, was there a lot of animosity on the West Side because of what happened? Most definitely. Did a lot of it have to do with them flipping? Yeah, very possible. But people are shot and killed every single day in the city of Chicago. But can they directly link it back to TJ? Like people are saying, oh, it's TJ's fault. Oh, TJ brought uh, guns to the West Side. That's laughable. Nevertheless, the police thought TJ was behind all those shootings. And that meant TJ had a lot more interaction with law enforcement. And were they harassing him, do you think? Oh, my God. One particular person in the whole city. It's not normal. Former chief of crime strategy, Bob Tracy, said the Chicago Police Department was interviewing victims, staking out TJ's associates, and stopping TJ's vehicles, looking for guns and drugs. We pulled every plan that we had to try to see if we can slow this down. So what was the plan? Uh, Intelligence reports to our officers, and of course he was going to have to obey the traffic laws. He's bringing a lot of attention to himself, and at certain times uh, we would make sure that we do vehicle stops on him if there was a traffic infraction. We left no stone unturned because of the type of violence that was happening that we knew he was involved in. So we, we kept the pressure on, and I think he knew it. It's perfectly understandable that the cops would want to investigate a multimillionaire calling himself Batman, cruising around with dangerous associates. But TJ had a long history with the police, going back to his childhood murder conviction. So he saw the cops coming and went, oh, you guys again. He had a lot of hatred for CPD. Because they did swamp. There's a series of videos that TJ uploaded. They're entitled Simon City Royals versus Chicago Police. They show this petty cat and mouse game between TJ and police officers, six months after the gang war started. <laughs> Say cheese! In one video, TJ is filming several cops who are conducting a search of four young men who have their hands on a squad car. One of the cops turns toward TJ and starts waving. Hi! What's up? Hi, how's it going? How you guys doing? What's your name for YouTube for the YouTube fans? What's your name? The officer doesn't respond. Instead, he does a little dance for the camera, mockingly. Hey, yeah, don't do that. I'm gonna put a dollar in your thong. <laughs> you know I was locked up a long time. Don't be shaking your ass in front of me. You get in a call saying there are a lot of people bang gang banging and making a lot of noise. Your neighbors are complaining. In another video, TJ films a couple of cops through the front door of his house. They're warning him that he's making too much noise. We're not the suspects. Okay, this is the address we were called to, so take it inside. This is uh, my property right here. Because uh, people calling and complaining about the noise here. So take I thought it, it was gangbanging. You said gangbanging. I said noise, so take it inside. And then your friend behind you decided to flip us off as we got out of the car, which is very disrespectful. It is I get why TJ was hostile towards the police, but he also seemed to be hostile towards his money. He certainly loved spending it, but he also treated it like it was something to get rid of. I couldn't confirm this, but Donnie told me a story that connects TJ's feelings about the police and the money. Donnie says TJ made a substantial donation to a police fund. 
$100,000. When the fund found out who it was from, they sent the money back. TJ got a call from his bank saying, The money that was donated was found to be corrupt, that he could come and pick up his money. TJ supposedly went to his downtown bank to pick up the cash. He had in a duffel bag. TJ called his crew and carried that duffel bag filled with $100,000 to a swanky downtown hotel. He threw a party at the hotel. He said all this money is going to be dispersed out tonight. It's not my money. Wow. The Royals Hotel Suite was fully stocked with booze and drugs. Strippers. An amount of money that would have meant a lot for a police fund thrown back in his face and blown on one epic night. According to Donnie, T.J. didn't care about the rest of his millions either. T.J. didn't believe that was his money. He's made the comment numerous times, this ain't my money. This is the state's money. This is the CPD's money to try to cover up something that they did to me that was wrong. He felt it was blood money. Donnie says he tried to convince TJ to take his money and start a new, beautiful life somewhere else. He was sitting in the back seat of my car. I almost had him talked into it. Let's move away, T. You know, let's get out of here, man. There, there, there ain't none here for any of us, man. We can move away from here and have, have a great life, man. I was like, you know what, Donnie? You're right, man. You're right. Donnie and TJ got back home, but the thought of leaving went away. And I approached him about it. I'm like, gee, I thought we were going to leave, man. He's like, you know what, Donnie? This is my city. I was born and raised here. I'm not going to let nobody run me out of here. I'm not going to let them run me out of my city. When you say them... Chicago Police Department. CPD. When is this guy going to slip up? Former Chief of Crime Strategy for CPD, Bob Tracy. At what point is this guy going to make a mistake? Because it wasn't like he was trying to stay under the radar. He wanted people to know what he was doing. I, if I can sum him up, he did a really good job till he didn't. I think the more he did it and the more he got away with, uh, I think that made him think he was invincible. That's a word that I think he started to feel invincible. And whenever he finally went through all the money within a couple of weeks, before he caught the, this new case, he says, ah, you know what, finally it's gone. He was actually relieved that the money was gone. Why shouldn't I blast you right now? Why shouldn't I blast your pussy ass? Huh? Hey, my brother, man, I ain't got nothing against you, man. Why would you do that? Shut up, bitch. Shut up, bitch.
Vicky Jimenez, TJ's mother, was in the hospital when she first saw the video of her son shooting Earl Castile from a Mercedes. Vicky was watching the news on TV with a group of nurses. Next thing I know, my son's on the TV. <laughs> That's my kid. And I try to stay strong. I don't want to cry in front of everybody. The nurses all left the room, except for one. But then I broke down, because it was just the two of us. And she hugged me, and while she was hugging me, she said a real nice prayer. So, And I kept saying, please, God, don't let this guy die. Please, God, don't let this guy die. I don't even know if this guy did anything to him. I'm just glad that he didn't die, because I, that would kill me to know that I have a son who's a murderer. And why in the world, after everything you've been through, then to videotape it? Where's your brains? Next time on Motive, the final episode. Motive is a production of WBEZ Chicago based on original reporting from the Chicago Sun-Times. I'm Frank Maine. The producer is Colin McNulty. The executive producer is Kevin Dawson. Our engineer is Shelley Steffens. Special thanks to the listeners whose financial support of WBEZ made this podcast possible. Mm-hmm.